one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling in association with Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. I'm Graham Wilgos. Brad, we're back in the pub after quite the day's racing. Yeah, it's thick and fast, isn't it? What is it, two weeks since the Tour de France? We've had a world title, we've had Flesh Malone, Lege Bastogne, Lege, Bring Back Tour, Giro. It's, um, we're spoilt. Um, and to be fair, uh, I actually think the best racer this weekend was probably Lege Bastogne, Lege. Well, race. I mean, that's certainly the headline today. So, the men's and women's well, race yeah, for Ladoyen. Yeah, men's and women's. And um, Matthew Vanderpool's exploits on Saturday in the Brinkbrink Tour. Absolutely outstanding. That, uh, that last 50 yeah. kilometres to, to solo to the, the stage win and the GC too. Um, let, let's start with... So, we've got stage two of the Giro, which we will come to. But let's start with the, the real headline today, which was a spectacular end to a sensational day's racing at Liège, Baston Liège. The final 15 kilometres was good. The final 15 metres, arguably better. Um, the final 15 centimetres were incredible. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, don't want to be too harsh on get too personal, but Alaphilippe, um, he probably displayed a bit too much arrogance there today in terms of we all tipped him to win. He's the world champion. I think he's riding high and maybe got a bit too cocky with it and underestimated and his opponents, which were, you know, let's face it, um, the guy who's finished second in the Tour de France in Primoz Rodlich, Hershey, um, and he tried to bully the likes of Hershey in that a little bit um, by sort of using his body weight and, and flicking across the road a bit. He, he dives, if you're on the overhead shots, he dives over the Bahrain rider and nearly knocks him off. Dives to the right of the barriers, so he only has to look over his left shoulder um, because he's next to the barriers and, you know, they can only come one way. As he spots the jump of Hershey, he turns left. Um, and we've seen what that caused. And then starts sprinting for the line in the middle of the road and then, you know, chucks his arms. Yeah. I mean, it's just a display of over-the-top arrogance. I've won the world title. Everyone said I'm going to win. I'm back on form. Um, and I'm going to just, you know, I'm, I'm going to underestimate these guys. And, and he did. And he lost. Um, and probably, you know, I'd say rightly so, but I'm, I'm glad Rodlich came under him and did that. So, yeah, because it's... Um, you know, it's a bit sort of rubbish in your opponents a bit. And as I say, I'm not being, you know, self-righteous or anything because I spoke only the other week that I did that in my head with the likes of Cadell and that. But to display it on the bike like that is, um, you know, to, you know, I think Rolich went up in my estimations at the Tour um, in his sportsmanship and the way he handled that defeat. And then even today in that interview, he just made a little joke by saying, I finally won a race. Finally, I've and won I just thought that huh? was, you know... For someone who's very robotic, who's someone we didn't see much emotion or, or laughter through the Tour de France, um, just to just to, to say that, it just it, it humanised him a bit the last couple of weeks, and that we got that because Alaphilippe, um, aside from getting disqualified anyway, um, 
just sort of diminished his opponents a little bit and sort of rose. And I think when you're that good and the world champion, you know, I think, you know, you need to sort of um, show a bit more class than that. Yeah. And I think, you know, look, I, he's a lovely lad and we're all, you know, I'm sure there was times where I, you know, was like that as well. So, you know, this isn't me saying that I certainly wasn't, but as an observer now, it's um, you just a bit like Cipollini. I remember many years ago, and I remember whether he threw a bottle at a commissar that was trying to help the race. And it's it, that jersey is very special, and you just, just um, it's you want it to see it displayed properly, um, and with the, the utmost respect to, to your opponents, because without those opponents, you wouldn't win a bike race. Well, look, Brad, you've done it justice for us there. Here's how Carlton Kirby called it for us on Eurosport. Alaphilippe comes out of his wake and goes for it right now and almost slams the door shut on the Bahrain rider and it's Hershey, oh and he gets no Hershey, oh and he's got a chain disregarded here and Alaphilippe, is he going to take it? Oh, oh. And I think he may have just lost it on the line, too busy celebrating and I think Roglic has stolen this at the very last, we shall wait and see, that's going to be a photo, oh what drama, nudge into, uh, as Van der Poel brings this home, nudge between uh, uh, Alaphilippe and Hershey, maybe that distracts him ever so slightly he thought he'd still got it and the cameras are lingering to decide who has taken this he still doesn't know let's have a look overhead what a cat amongst the pigeons it turned out to be here Dan it did Matty Mohoric doing the only thing he could do having had a big chase to get onto this group he went straight past them uh, not enough punch to get any gap and Alaphilippe was very clever in looking around and making sure he got onto that wheel straight away because it allowed him to have a little bit of a lead out uh, Mark Hershey though right onto the wheel of Alaphilippe and not exactly sure. Oh, he just, where Alaphilippe swerved, he just pulled his foot out of the pedal. I think at that point, Alaphilippe thought he had it won, but Roglic Here we coming go. up on the... Here we go, oh, he's got I it! I think he's got it! He's got it! And Alaphilippe's arms are now by his side, and he is beside himself. Oh! Um, so, Brad, as you were saying that, so you were saying you were pleased that Roglic pinched it on the line. I was pleased too, because, okay, Alaphilippe, we know, has been relegated to fifth place because he swerved in front of Hershey yeah. afterwards. But he, um, he nearly knocked him off, didn't he? Nearly knocked him off. Hershey unclipped. So for me, it was Hershey's... Hershey was looking like he was going to take the win there. He probably would have done, yeah. But at least Roglic has taken has taken the win outright. So Alaphilippe hasn't no. stolen someone else's moment on the line. No. And, and I think it, it's like embarrassing for, for Alaphilippe as well, you know, just in displaying that arrogance. It's a bit that classic, you know, turtle in the hair thing, isn't it? Yeah, but he was he was swerving all over the place in the in the final kilometer, and when they were playing the the four yeah, of them were playing a bit of cat and mouse, sort of being a bit sort of willy waving a little bit, you know. And I just think he's back on top. He's back on, you know. He rides on that kind of. He is the world champion. Everyone's tipped him, but you know, what goes round comes round. And let's not forget a couple of weeks ago, you know. I like the way he sort of said as well, you know, I don't want to keep, I don't want to sound like I'm hammering him, but, you know, he did say, like, I just used the last 10 days of the tour as training. It's like, well, you know, you tried to win those stages when you were in them breaks and you didn't have the legs. Mm. Yeah, you were training, but again, it's, I was diminishing the Tour de France. I was just training and those guys, you know, won the stages and I was just training. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's because he probably, <sighs> rightly or wrongly, came under maybe a little bit of criticism that he wasn't where he was at last year. He's also been for a lot in his life, so I kind of understand that as well. I did say somewhere during the podcast or something that he's um, he, there was a bit of aggression in his riding and stuff, and the way he was like he had a point to it. It's, you know, he may still be grieving and stuff from his father, and you know, his father. Let's not forget, probably you know, has not got to see him become world champion. He's displaying a sort of 
a little bit of anger in his riding style yeah. and aggression and it's kind of disrespect to his opponents as well a little bit. I mean, put it this way, had Rodlich not come underneath and he hadn't been disqualified and won and it was controversial, but he'd brought down Hershey, I mean, that would have looked terrible, wouldn't it? Because he's winning fans by the day, Hershey, just in the way, in he, the way he's doing his interviews and things like that. And I just think, you know, Julian just needs to be a little bit careful, really, because, um, as I say, we're all capable and he's a lovely lad. He doesn't need to be like that. Let's not forget how he won the hearts of, of the public last year. Mm. Um, and it's just wavering off that a little bit. Well, he did Roglic the most almighty favour today because I, I've no doubt that Hershey and Pogacar well, yeah. would have finished ahead of Roglic. Had well, had he stayed right? Philippe, yeah, had Alaphilippe not diverted I from think his Hershey would have come over um, and won and Roglic wouldn't have come through. But again... One rider's misfortune opened the door for... And to be fair, you know, actually it was quite nice for Rodlic to, to come and do it, you know, give him that liaise after the other week. And the way he handled it, I think everyone was pleased to see him win today. For sure. A little boost after being hammered at the world and as well. And he was well super happy for, again. For, and he's I, always I put super this in, happy. Well, it's, it's, it's a no, European I, thing, isn't super it? To happy. Say, to say super before, before happy. But no, he was good. And he's got the biggest face mask in a peloton. He looked like he's got a budgie in it. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a cricket box. <laughs> um Matai Morohic on Slovenians finished two seconds down in fourth. Yeah. Um, and honourable mention as well to Matthew van der Poel, who yeah. after, as, as you said earlier, an awesome day at the Bink Bang Tour yeah. yesterday, uh, yeah. led the, the rest of the field in um, in sixth place. Almost makes you wonder what might have been. Mm. What if he hadn't have put that effort in yesterday, yeah. what he could have done today? Yeah. But hey, yeah. listen, the win's a win, isn't it? And, that's, uh, that's Matthew van der Poel day, really. Um Alaphilippe did awesomely well to give him some credit to chase back on in the first place. He changed bikes twice. Yeah. Um, he had a problem with his cleat, which he needed some attention from the team car for. Uh, so he, he he went down as well, I think, in the same crash that Adam Yates yeah. went down in. So well, look, Adam he, Yates he, was an early casualty today. He did do well, but he's a class act. Um, and you can imagine adrenaline was flowing in the final. And if he won that after the day, Dad, um, he, he's confident in himself and sure of himself. But... He, he just he, he doesn't need to ride like that to win really and, and, and he's paid the price today heavily yeah um, it's a lesson to young kids as well you know like <laughs> don't set your hands off the bar so you get to the line really and he will probably have felt quite stupid really but and that will bring him back down to earth won't it I mean my son texted me straight away and said Alaphilippe what a tart I said why he said he got rolled in Leo he started celebrating 10 minutes to go what a muppet so it just shows you like it doesn't endear itself to people, you know? Yeah. 15 Ks out, he went in the same way that we saw him go in the Worlds, but this time there was no way that Mark Hershey was going to let him go. So that group of Kwiatkowski, Pogacar, Hershey and, and Roglic all sort of tagged onto him. There was no way they were going to give him the same space that they gave him at the Worlds. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I actually think it's been a breath of fresh air, the likes of Hershey and that coming through. They're just new names to contend with. In a strange all, all, won a, all won a stage at the Tour, by the way. Well, we were probably used to seeing the likes of Valverde, you know, um, uh, what Gilbert and all the likes in the Lieges and that um, and we're getting to see people that gave us so much pleasure in July oh sorry in July whatever it was you in know, September the, the new the new July the new July and then and still competing well world championships last week you know if it's one flesh alone I mean, what season he's had what oh boy you know and more to come from him as well you feel definitely yeah 
Brad, the women's race then, won by Lizzie Degnan. Trek Segafredo soloed to a magnificent win. She was part of a nine-rider front group that went clear with more than 50 kilometres to go. Degnan then went clear on her own over La Redoux, um, 30 kilometres from the finish, opening a gap of almost a minute on the rest of the field. Hey, yeah. Um, what did we talk about yesterday where I sort of thought that the British team may have let her down? With the well, are you, so she said afterwards... How great the team were. She was, well, she was racing on it instinct, shows, but that she, was, she was allowed to race on instinct. And, and so you were saying yesterday, yeah. you didn't feel like GB gave her the no, same support or, tr or necessarily trust as well. That well, her, not necessarily support. You can imagine how them girls the trade that ride do. that look up to Lizzie. It must be quite a daunting experience, you know, to try and replicate what those girls do for her, her trade team. Mm. Um, so it's not that they let her down. I think, let's not forget, she's, could we say she's going to go down as our best ever road rider? She's probably well, the, surpassed the, Nicole Cook now. The way she's going, yeah, I mean, um, and she, for sure. She, she's, um, those girls, you know, imagine riding the worlds with, years to come, can always say that they rode the worlds with Lizzie Dagan. So, and let's not forget, that team is the best team in cycling, isn't it? Um, she said afterwards, I think the nicest thing about this team is that we are allowed to race on instinct and not to fear failure. Yeah. Which I think speaks volumes. Yeah, and, and you saw the relationship she has with... Um, Eliza Longa-Borghini. Yeah, I mean, they've got a great relationship. She's almost said it's almost telepathic, isn't it? They just, they're bouncing off each other at the moment. And Lizzie's just like... She just, she just gets off the bike. I mean, I mean, I remember when she's like getting medals at the Worlds and that, and then um, obviously she got the medal at the Olympics. She was always like laughing and giggling and like just like you know, couldn't believe that she'd achieved it. Now she almost gets off and it's just, the elation looks different in her face because as I said before, whether she wins or loses, nothing will ever beat the fact that she goes home to a daughter, you know, and I almost think that's given her a, a, another gear, yeah. you know, a, she, a life's in perspective and she doesn't think about it too much. And she's just like the way she attacked today, you don't overthink things and she's got nothing to lose. And in doing that, she's just become... She's getting stronger all the time. I think nothing to lose is the thing here. Cause, so she said that she, she knew she needed to be over Lara Du before Anna van der Breggen and Annemiek van Vluten. Yeah. Um, obviously two of, I mean... Which um, isn't an easy time. Van der Breggen, as we said yesterday, she's, on th she's three from three, looking to make it four from four. And van Vluten, uh, on a day, absolutely unstoppable. It's amazing. I mean, it's, um, she's an inspiration to every young girl, in, uh, not only in the UK, but around the world. She's world-class, she's a mother, and she's an example of how far women's cycling has come and what's capable, you know, you can go away and have a family and come back to sport and still earn good money, and she's doing the sport wonders at the moment. And so, I, I think it's a shame she's not getting more press attention in the UK from the national papers and things, really, because, you know, is it too early to say? Well, maybe it is, maybe we're biased, but... Sports person of the year. Wouldn't that be great to see, though? And you heard you heard it here first on the Bradley Wiggins show. Lizzie yeah. Degnan for sports well, personality of the year. We've got to start thinking about that now. You know, we talk about Ronnie O'Sullivan as great as Ronnie. Is, Ronnie probably don't want to win sports person of the year. Um, let's give it to Lizzie. You know, come on the BBC. Campaign starts here. We'll be back with more from the Bradley Wiggins show right after this. Lacquer's collective cover is made especially for cyclists for life on and off your bike. Alaka has flipped outdated traditional insurance on its head with no more fixed upfront premiums. Instead, your monthly contributions are based on the collective's claims that month. Your max monthly price is capped, but the savings are all yours. Plus, 
80% of your money goes straight back into the collective, fixing, replacing, and helping. And the other 20% keeps their wheels spinning. It's as simple as that. And when things go bad, Lacquer's got your back. Claims are handled by experts and usually agreed within a day, with no depreciation or excess. They've ditched annual contracts locking you in. With Lacquer, if you want to leave, you can, anytime. Head over to www.lacquer.co where new customers can get £10 credit by signing up today with the discount code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show, sponsored by Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Brad, the Giro d'Italia stage two today, Alcalmo to Agrigento, 150 kilometers, the first road stage proper, a flat stage with quite the climb to finish. Here's how Rob Hatch called it for us on Eurosport. Sagan gets closer and closer, and after almost three and a half hours of racing, it's going to come down to a great opportunity. Honoré on the left-hand side, trying to spring a surprise for Denmark and for Koenig Quickstep. There is Ulisi on the left as we look at it now in the white. Sagan waits and continues to wait. And now Sagan's going to have to launch. It's Ulisi on that lip. Ulisi going to the line. And despite Sagan being there, it's Ulisi for number seven. Diego Lisi takes stage two of the Giro d'Italia 2020. His team rode for him all afternoon long, and he has finished it off wonderfully. Diego Lisi wins. Sagan looked like he was going to get himself in the right position, but in the end, Brian, just as at the Tour de France, he didn't have that final kick. Brad, Diego Ulisi taking his seventh stage win of the Giro d'Italia, or at the Giro d'Italia, I should say. Peter Sagan, second, uh, did all he could to bridge across to that front group. Didn't quite have the legs in the end. No, but do you know what? I was actually good, it was good to see him back. It's like, it's a peak that we've been used to in the past, isn't it? Well, he looked like he was in a good position coming in right at the end. He must have been because he got second. U Ulisi was looked after very, very well by UAE uh, and, and, and won at a canter. Yeah, I mean, you would, I, yesterday I wouldn't have put Sagan up there on that climb, but he's having to go. Looking um, for his first win in 15 months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he looks like he's hungry for it again, Pete. So it's great. I think there's a lot more to be expected in this race. Michael Matthews fourth. Yeah, Matthews leading in the, the second group. Mikel Honore, the Dane of the day. Yeah. Kerning quick step coming in to, yeah. to round out the podium. Filippo uh, Ganna as well. We should mention him holding on to the pink jersey. Uh, but another good day, really, for your man G, or for our man G. Brilliant. He's um, well. We haven't got long to wait, really, because obviously tomorrow's Mount Etna. Um, he's just he's looking better than I've ever seen him, and uh, the way he's talking in interviews and even on Instagram today, celebrating his fifth wedding anniversary. Yeah, I saw that. It just you know, it's, it's uh, tomorrow's going to be a good day. Um, Astana lost another rider today, so. Fulshang has lost another rider. Fulshang, yeah. They say, They've obviously lost Lopez. He's, he's now down to five teammates. Alexander Vlasov abandoned with stomach trouble. So having lost Miguel Angel Lopez yeah, yesterday bits, in, the, in the time trial. So it's, it's, it's a disastrous start for Astana. Yeah. Uh, nasty crash, as we know, for Lopez yesterday. The good news for him is that he walked out of hospital after an x-ray. So this is from the team doctor. An x-ray said uh, he suffered a deep, very close wound to the iliac artery, which is the main artery in the abdominal area. Yeah. Um, he had surgery to repair that, but was able to leave hospital on foot and return to the team's hotel yesterday evening. Yeah, good on him. Um, you know, I think we all hoped that he was going to be all right. And I mean, it was a horrendous crash, you know. Viviani went down as well in the in the intermediate sprint, which was won by Fernando Gaviria. Yeah. Uh, so we saw Viviani go down. He was, now he was using the Tour de France to 
ride himself into form. Yeah, yeah. He was he would have hoped for more, but Cofidis haven't had a particularly good day. Uh, they, yeah. they, they, a couple of men went down for them too. They haven't had a good twelve years, have they? Really? I mean, they've they you know. I used to ride for them, and um, you know they were the biggest team in the world at one time when they had uh, you know, all the hitters. But they 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 just don't seem ever to get it right, Cofidis, and I think it's um, it's a shame because they probably deserve it, and they've invested a lot of money in the likes of Viviani and that over the years. So it'd be nice to see Viviani get a stage win here. Mm. Um, I like him; he's a, he's a nice bloke. He's diamond. He's a, he's a top fella. So Brad, as you mentioned, Mount Etna to finish tomorrow. Yeah, it's the one exception in terms of having a mountain top finish. Um, compared to the Tour de France, which was here, there, and everywhere in terms of yeah. flat stage, we're in the yeah. mountains. There's a lot more Jura, Pyrenees, it, yeah. Maritime Alps, back to the Alps. That's that's the Giro through and through, though. It's um, a far more formulaic race overall. Yeah, just nature of the terrain, I guess. You know, if you want to visit most parts of Italy, you're gonna they like to chuck a mountain in on day three. You know, and it's. Um, it's good, I think. It gives us something to think about. Well, it, it gives G something to think about tomorrow. So, what are we expecting? Tomorrow, are we expecting I the, think Ineos will have all, a dry, the, dry run up the climb and yeah. do the train. I think they'll take responsibility. G will sit at the back door. I don't think he'll do any attacking. He doesn't need to at this stage. And he'll just he'll ride to lose zero time. I don't think Simon Yates will try anything. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to this early. He's only 49 seconds Nobody down. Nobody could. Um, but I think there's a lot of guys still fresh. So we'll see guys that will be up there. Ulysses, those sort of guys. I don't think we'll see a GC showdown tomorrow because it's not... I say it's not that hard a climb. The gradients on there, Hobbit. The, the last when they went up a couple of years ago, they did some damage. Um, Simon Yates and Chavez went up front, didn't they? So we won't see another summit until stage fifteen, and then the back the back end of the race is absolutely loaded. Five thousand meters of climbing in in the last four mountain stages alone. Yeah, and then we got the final day time trial. Yeah, but it's always like that, Giro, isn't it? Every every year. And- Sometimes it lives up to the hype, sometimes it doesn't because everyone's just knackered when they get there. So as a rider, is it easier to be able to get into a rhythm when you know you've got pretty much flat stages or intermediate stages coming up until stage 15 and then the back end of the race you know is going to be hard? Was it particularly, was the tour particularly difficult this year by comparison? Sometimes it's easier when there's stages like tomorrow because there's more, you, you're guaranteed a GC shuffle. Um, and the race starts establishing itself. So then you get the pecking order. You know where your rivals are at. You get to ride in that hierarchical structure in the peloton. Um, whereas if you're waiting for a week for that first sort of, you know, other teams get to ride at the front because they've got the jersey and it becomes a sprinter's race. Once you establish that pecking order on like day three, you know, the race kind of looks after itself. So you get to ride as the GC is, is, is laid out rather than, a sprinter's got the jersey, so you've then got Ineos, Jumbo, and all that sort of competing to ride behind them. And it just, it sets. And then, obviously, some guys will be at further distance on GC, so that whole pattern of G- breaks going, you know, like in the third week of the tour when the people are enough down on GC to go away, that happens already early on. So it actually starts to settle the race out now. So there's less nervousness because, say, G takes the jersey tomorrow and wins by a minute. Everyone knows he's the strongest. So the race forms a pattern straight away. Whereas if we're waiting up for a week like we did at the Tour for like Rolich to take the jersey, um, there's more nervousness in the peloton. So the Giro's historically like that. Ineos, do we think they want to take the jersey for G tomorrow? Because they're quite happily, they're quite happy having Ghana in, in pink. Yeah. Moment, because they're not expected to defend it for him, right? No, but they have to take the responsibility to ride the race at the front. Right. Which suits G. Because of the nervousness and that. Plus, Ganner's Italian. He deserves that right to defend it. Yeah. It puts them 
they've not had much time to practice that this year because they've not really led much, have they? So it's like business as usual now, getting on that front, getting Salvio and Pucho and all those to ride. It gets Teo in the, in the rhythm of riding the GC for G. He can ride at the front. You know, Teo's not sort of down the back trying to move up on stages and risk crashing and stuff. Do you see what I mean? Just the guys can ride on the front now, Teo, and he almost gets a clean ride now for the next... Mm. In some ways, it suits G to take the jersey tomorrow because we're going to take it at some point, hopefully. If someone else takes it, G, great at riding at the front with the likes of Ghana and that. But... Castrovier, yeah. Yeah, Teo and that, all sort of scuttling, trying to move up all the time. And that's when they intend to have accidents and things. They get a free ride at the front. Do you know what I mean? So it actually suits them. Business as usual. Um, yeah. So 17, 18 and 20 all contained 5,000 metres of climbing. So I got And that was the biggest shake-ups, saying, wasn't it? Well... Nibs came from three minutes behind in 16 yeah. to win the race. Yeah, Krozvik yeah. crashed. Froome won on the last day, came back took a packet didn't he and we've seen yeah so the end of the race we see the biggest shake up yeah. so I want to say anything can happen at the back end of the race but I, I'm not sure that it can because you've got four very defined uh, GC men with Fulsang Yates Thomas and Nibali oh. and I think the podium is going to come from well they're, they're, four, they're, they're four of the three who will make up the podium not, if not the top four not necessarily not necessarily fair Krojvic was leading the race a couple of years ago crashed into a wall um, G hit a motorbike yeah, went, a few years ago. Head over heels in the snow, um, didn't he? Yeah. Would we have expected Richie Port to get on the podium at the tour? Probably not. They got three weeks. They finished three weeks today. A lot can happen. Yeah. A bit of rain on any one of the stages, crashes. G broke his collarbone at the tour a few years ago on a corner. Mm. Simon Yates. He looked like dead cert to win a couple of years ago and fell off the face of the planet. Went, you know, yeah, went backwards. Lost 25 yeah. minutes on the day that um, Froome won. Nibali lost a packet in 16. Out the race. Attacked the next day. Won the race. Snow's expected in the mountains. The year I climbed off, they, I remember they finished at Chichibi de Lavaredo in the snow. I mean, three weeks is a long... It, it's not a cert that they're going to just sit there and G win the race. I mean, look what happened to Rulich at the last... At the tour. Okay, he finished second, got on the podium, but we all thought he was going to win. Yeah. So the Giro is amazing. How do you feel as a rider? Yeah. Is, is, the, is the pressure slightly less compared to the Tour de France? No. You feel the same. So you felt, for example, at the Tour in 2013, having won the Tour, in, obviously, in, in 2012, you felt exactly the same pressure on your shoulders. Yeah. As the winner of the Tour, it's hard to repeat. I found it hard to repeat um, the success in a three-week race. Geez, had a year off, if you like, although he finished second at the Tour, to be fair to him. But he's refreshed. You know, he looks like a different rider now. Um, I almost feel like that suits him coming in with the pressure off his shoulders well, because way. his form hasn't been good. They've got three weeks to go. He's going to bed tonight. Well, I say his form hasn't been good. He's, he's second in Toronto. Three Glasgow. weeks to go. He's going to bed tonight. And tomorrow's the first shake-up of GC. So he's got to be on it tomorrow. And that's day three. So, you know, we sat here at the tour thinking, right, them tough stages in the last week is what's going to be crucial. So it's game on tomorrow. Uh, and the Giro is bloody hard, you know. I think of it in the same way as the 2012 tour in terms of the parkour sort suited you in that you had three time trials in that you, that you were the... Is this theory that it suited me? I mean, I don't know. Did it? Because I feel like it did and watching it then yeah, and I thinking mean, back on it now, yeah. I, think, I think that was a, a, a race I mean, I had a entirely suited to your strengths. Yeah. You still have to do all the other stages. I mean... And that's not to diminish that at all, but... When Le Mans won the race in 89, there was five time trials. In the injury area, they used to have a 75k time trial with Lac de Vazier. I'd have loved that, you know? So you've got 64 kilometres of time trials in this race, which undoubtedly among the GC contenders suits G best with one 34.1 kilometre time trial on stage 14 that will favour him particularly for yeah. me. So 
I think it's horse. All right, why? Because it diminishes riders like G. You know, it suits G because it's got. It's like they. It's like time trials are a charity to people. You know, people don't say that about sprinters. You know, like you know, resented or, or the only one because it was a time trial. It's like, well, learn how to time trial, then you stupid. That's bike racing. It's it's the nature of being able to do all the disciplines, and it's like it, it suits G. But let's not forget, G won two mountain stages in the tour. He won an Alpes So no doubt he can you know, climb can just as well, if not yeah. better than G anyone else a in that race. Bike rider, and if none of the others are, it doesn't suit with G. It makes G a better bike rider. It doesn't suit. Oh, he only won the Giro because it suits because of three times. Well, boo hoo. Learn a time frame. If Thomas isn't going to win the Giro, who is? We've, we've stated the four. I think four saying. I don't know. I can't see him doing anything at the moment. Could be a surprise. Could Crazy. be a surprise. I'd like to see Kreischwick win it. I feel like it was his to win in 2016 and he got unlucky and I feel like he's he worked... Nibs lit up the race and he was trying to chase behind. Yeah, fair. I feel like he got unlucky on a stage in the snow which must have been unbelievably difficult. And I mean, then he... Everyone he, else got down. Everyone else got down but he went over the handlebars in the snow on a descent. Yeah, well, that's bike racing. That is bike racing. If you don't like it, go get a proper job. Well, we look forward to seeing how he does. And that brings us to the end of this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurysport. Thank you to our sponsor, Lacquer Bicycle Insurance. Brad, as ever, we can follow you at... Sir Wigo. Sir Wigo. I should add that you can follow Eurysport on Twitter at Eurysport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to our producer, Pete Burton. Podcast Pete. And finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share your thoughts and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Brad, we will both be back <laughs> with a bonus episode for Stage 3 tomorrow. Bonus. We're looking forward to it. Bonus. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.